0: This is why we're here this morning as a family to come together around God's word, around worshiping him and recognizing who he is in his majesty, his holiness, uh, and in the awesome love that he has for us. And I trust this morning that we would get a fresh view and a fresh vision of who God actually is. We sang in one of our uh, songs this morning about the fear of the Lord, and we're going to be looking a little bit at the fear of the Lord this morning, and uh, we're going to be looking at what the benefits are of experiencing God's wisdom. And in this day and age, we really need God's wisdom uh, as we are facing many decisions that we have to make as individuals and in our family. I want to tell you guys, we really missed you uh, last week. We weren't here last week. Um, As you know, I do my uh, monthly pilgrimage across to our West Island that we call Australia. And uh, I spent two weeks there. And this time it was really special for us because uh, in that first week I had Michelle and Emma with me. So they decided to come along and... uh, uh, they hadn't seen Sydney or experienced Sydney in, a, in, a, in an extended time. So while I was doing some business there, uh, they came and joined me, um, stayed at the same hotel, and uh, Emma and uh, Michelle uh, experienced Sydney like I don't believe anyone else has. So If you uh, have some shopaholics in your family and you're off to Sydney, um, Michelle and Emma can tell you every superstore that there is there, Um, not only did they do that, but they uh, experienced Darling Harbour, Circular Quay, the bridge, the opera house, Um, they did it all. You know, it was surprising to me that at the end of each business day, I'd be rushing up to the hotel room (laughs) because I'd missed them and open the door and go, where is Michelle and Emma? And the first time, this panic attack came across me, and I thought, oh, they've been abducted. Someone's stolen them, or they're stuck somewhere, and they don't know how to get back to the hotel. And when I eventually got Michelle on the phone, there was this level of activity around them, and they were either on a train, a a bus, or uh, the ferry. Um, I think in two days, what we didn't realize, in two days, if you use that little Opal card enough, Uh, the rest of the week is actually free. So that gives you an idea of how much traveling Michelle and Emma did on trains and ferries and buses that for the rest of the week, they didn't charge us anything. It was like amazing. So they had a really good time there, and we, I, I took one day off, and it was a crystal clear blue day on the Friday, and we actually headed out to the Blue Mountains. We were part of a small tour, and we went out there and just really enjoyed that. And you know, you learn a couple of things when you travel to new to, to new countries. And I've been travelling to uh, Australia extensively this year, and it's been you know I've I've come to learn certain things about the different cities and so forth. And the Blue Mountains, was just really great to get out there again and overlook that canyon and, and see the Three Sisters. And we had a cable car ride. It was fantastic. And we learned a little bit about the Aboriginal culture in, in Australia as well. And I didn't realize that um, in the history of the Aboriginal culture, there was uh, 300 different tribes in Australia, 300. And they all spoke different languages, 300 different languages, and I went, ah, okay, Lord, these were the guys that tried to build that big tower, and you sorted them out with 300 different languages, this is where it happened, okay, I now get it, but we, you know, you learn learn different things, another great thing that we did was as we uh, went to Hillsong uh, in Castle, Castle Hills, right, we went out to Castle Hills. And they collected us by a bus. And this is not like a, just a 10-seater bus. They've got buses that go there. You get to the station and they collect you at the station. And you end up with buses there. And they have people there that greet you. They get to know who you are. That was one of the real positive things I saw about being in a mega church. I mean, you go into this auditorium. It's like stepping into the Vector Stadium or something. And I was like, whoa, this is massive, you know. And it's a multi-purpose building that blocks itself off in so many different ways. They have a college there. They have different seminars and all kinds of things. The stage moves in and out, and they've got these massive flashing lights and so forth, and we had the worship there. You know, the interesting thing about that is we were worshiping. Um, I really missed you guys. I really, really did, and I want to tell Ben and the worship team, you guys are fantastic. God is blessing you in a very real way. And I would encourage you to extend your gifts and talents uh, as we worship together here. Because as big and as massive as the worship was here, I was still missing the people at New Hope. I was missing you guys, and I was missing your worship. You know, So we had a really good time there, and God blessed us. Michelle and Emma came back on the weekend, and I carried on doing uh, a bit of my trip. You know, you find out that Australia is a land of huge contrasts. You know, You can get stung, bitten, chewed upon. Uh, at various areas if you make unwise decisions, like often it is. You know, we heard about another, I think, two ladies that got chewed up by crocodiles and a guy off the western coast that got bitten by a shark and so forth so it's quite a quite a volatile country uh, uh, in Australia you know and then you've got to deal with the human content there as well you know which is uh, when you start talking about the all blacks the conversation gets really focused and gets really serious you know if you ever want to create some tension in Australia just mention the word all blacks you know uh, you get some really good healthy conversation there but we missed you and we um, we had a good time so, if you've got your Bibles with me uh, with you uh, with you this morning, I'd like you to turn to Proverbs chapter one and we're going to unpack some of the benefits of experiencing God's wisdom and I decided uh, how much technology I should actually bring up here this morning and I decided the old paper version is probably uh, the better way to go today so I'm just going to pop my uh, Bible over here if that falls on your foot it'll break your break your foot but that's all good so we're going to start unpacking this whole aspect of experiencing God's wisdom, and I'd ask that you follow on on your notes. There's some fill-ins there for you, probably not as many as what Pastor Ian has, but we'll uh, fill in there and we'll and, and we'll get going. So this is a time of confession at the beginning uh, this, this morning. And to get some interaction from you guys, I'd like to just know, if you can just stick up your hands very, very quickly, and you're not uh, in... Um, uh, in, in, in bad company here, you know, we love each other and we can put our hands up here. Who of you have been in a situation where you've had to make an important decision in your life and you've traveled along this road and you've made some decisions that have created reactions and actions and you suddenly find yourself at the end of all this in quite a stressful and unfavorable situation? Has anybody been there like me? Is anyone still there? Right, okay. Because we sometimes go through these things uh, on a regular basis. We find ourselves in the situation, and we stop and we turn around and we have a look. And they say, "Um, hindsight is a beautiful thing, you know. And you turn around and you look at this path that you've travelled on, and you go, oh my goodness me! If only, and we start, we start saying, if only I'd taken the time to research this better, to get more of the facts if only I'd asked someone for some advice who really understands this situation, or even, and most importantly, if I'd taken the time to prayerfully consider this before God, would I have actually been in this situation that I find myself in at the moment? And the stress levels are normally up there at this time. And when you look back on this And you think to yourself, well, you know, sometimes we play the blame game around this. You know, about five or six weeks ago, myself and a few friends went out for a ride. uh, And the weather conditions were really unfavorable. They were very bad. It had been raining the early hours of the morning. By the time we got out on the ride, uh, it was still very overcast. There was a bit of mist up. And we were smacking it down this road. And I can tell you, if you want to learn by experience, don't worry. Let me give you the facts on this one. Oil and water... Do not mix. They do not mix well at all. Right? And I found that out the hard way. Now, I can look back on that situation and go, wow, if I'd made some adjustments to the speed of my bicycle, if I took some due care around the road conditions, would I have actually have been in that situation? And I found that uh, I could have blamed it on the weather, I could have blamed it on the fact that you know that uh, oil mixed with water and that ended me skidding up down the road and, and, and in a cast for a couple of weeks. And I could have blamed a whole bunch of other things. But the fact of the matter is, is that I didn't make adjustments for the weather conditions at all. I didn't really consider them well. I didn't get down and think about the fact that the road conditions could be very different. And we see this every day when winter comes upon us, isn't it? The level of accidents and the bumper bashings uh, around Auckland happen every year. Why? Because people don't make adjustments. They don't think about what they're doing and make adjustments for the traffic and the road conditions and think about the situation a little bit more wisely. And we find ourselves in unfavorable situations when they happen. And we ask ourselves, why did that actually happen? Could I have done something different? But deep down within ourselves, we know that when we look back on that situation, there was probably a couple of things that I could have done differently which would have caused that event not to happen, right? When we look at God's Word, we look at the Bible, and we see that God's Word is packed with wisdom and practical ways for us as Christians to actually gather wisdom. You know, we find when you look at the Old Testament and, New, and, and, and Lee touched a little bit on it today with the Old Testament and the New Testament, you know, we look at the characters of the Bible and we look at m- the life of Moses, Abraham and David, for instance. You know, s- those guys didn't make very wise decisions in different times in their life and it had some unfavorable situations that uh, that took place. You know, you think of a guy like David. That ended up committing adultery and he had the husband of the lady that he committed adultery with, he had him murdered. You know, and I'm sure if you were around in that time speaking to David, David would have given you all the good reasons as to why he had to do that. You know, he was the king of Israel. He had everything at his fingertips. Why could he just not take this woman as his wife? You know, surely that's my right. I could do this. And did I really kill the guy? Well, you know, I arranged for him to be at the front end of the battle. You know, I didn't really think that he would die, but in actual fact, he did. And you know, I didn't really kill him, but I made sure he was at the front of the battle. And we can get into all these kind of justifications. Going to the New Testament, and you look at the disciples. You know, some of these disciples made some unfavorable choices, some unwise choices. You know, you you, you read where where, where Jesus is, is is talking with Simon Peter, and, and, and you know, and Simon Peter says, "Lord, I'll never, ever, ever." Well, I forsake you. You know, I won't deny you. This will never happen. And we know that after the cock crow three times, Simon denies ever knowing Jesus, but swore to to Jesus that he would never do that. When I look at the life of Apostle Paul, now here's a guy that really understood his position in line with Jesus, and he understood the importance of keeping short accounts with God. Because Paul tells us that he knows the difference between right and wrong. But the human nature inside of him always wants to go to the wrong, you know. And, and, and we're often faced with decisions like this where you start having the argument between your, uh, your right shoulder and your left shoulder, you know. Uh, the good and the bad, you know, and you get a sore neck by trying to satisfy both. I don't know how many times you've walked out of a shopping center uh, with uh, buy two and get one free, and you know that you've only got two legs and one bum, but you've got three sets of trousers there, you know, and you just wonder, why do I need three sets of trousers? You know, I got sucked in by the buy two and get one free. So, as we start looking at the, the book of Proverbs, just a little bit of history there, and you'll see that on your notes. I won't go into that too much. But really, when we talk about a proverb, is, is we're, we're talking about a comparison, so communicating a truth. God uses this by communicating a truth, by using comparisons. And weaving through the book of Proverbs, we have this whole theme of wisdom and seeking and gaining God's wisdom. And I would encourage you to read the book of Proverbs because you'll get a very, very clear picture of what God is talking about in the book of Proverbs through Solomon. Okay, the son, of da- the son of King David, and we know that Solomon asked for God's wisdom, and God gave him wisdom. So you'll see this theme of, w- of, 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 um, of wisdom moving through the book of Proverbs. And the main Hebrew word for wisdom is Hokmah and points to the experience and efficiency in using skill sets. Because we know what knowledge is, isn't it? We know that knowledge is the accumulation of facts and data. That's what knowledge is, isn't it? Wisdom, on the other hand, is the correct and wise application of the facts and data that we actually have. So there's a clear distinction between the two knowledge, facts, and data, wisdom, the wise application of those facts and data. And we know that from the New Testament, when Jesus interacted, with people in the New Testament, he often used surroundings, he used an agricultural experience to outwork a parable. So he linked things with people that made people go, aha, I actually get this wisdom. I get this correct and wise application of facts and data. And that today is how God deals with you and I. We, have a, we serve an, a, a majestic, omnipotent, all-powerful, omnipresent, holy God that has the strong desire to have a loving relationship with you and I. And in that relationship, he deals with us like this. So let's read from Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 1 to 7. Says this These are the proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge, and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning of these proverbs and parable, the words of the wise and their riddles. And here's one of the key cornerstone verses of Proverbs. It says this, The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, and here's the comparison, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. That's the kind of comparison we were talking about Using a proverb. So there's five purposes of the proverbs. One is to teach wisdom. The next thing is is to teach discipline. The third one is to live a disciplined life. The fourth is to gain insight, knowledge, and discernment. And the fifth thing, the fifth aspect, is to receive. To receive guidance. You see the great news for us today is, is that wisdom is a skill set that you and I can learn. And our wisdom, as we move through life, we can grow in wisdom. This is part of God's plan for you and I, is, is that we actually grow in wisdom. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature with people around him. As his, life, uh, as his life progressed. And this is the same plan that God has for you and I as he builds into our character. You know, it often puts a smile on my face that when I attend some of these seminars uh, through our business, is, is we have what we call a culture session. And a lot of these um, as business-related techniques and aspects that they bring out in these culture sessions that we go to are actually uh, biblically-based Right, but business thinks that they've just come across this great wisdom right here and now. But when you go back into God's word, you actually see the biblically based uh, areas of wisdom right there. And one of the things that they've been talking to us about a lot in our business is, is be here now. Be in the moment because it's so, it's so easy for us to get distracted, isn't it, by things around us, by the noise around us. And I don't know how many times I, I know very – and I'm really guilty of this. I can be working on my email, answering some emails and be focused on here. Somebody comes into my office and I sort of look up and go, yeah, hey, uh, hi, how's it going? What can I do for you? Can I help you? But my left eye is always on the email going, hey, I really need to get back to this again. You know, instead of just going, hey, can we get into this conversation at another time? Can we set some time? This is really important, right? So your right eye is engaging with the other person, and your side of your brain's over here, and the other side of your brain's looking at the computer screen. You've been there before, right? You're distracted, you know? And sometimes you have your kids saying, Dad, you know, completely exasperated, Dad, you're not listening to me. Yes, I am. What did I just say? Uh, uh, I don't know what you've just said. I'm going to make up something, you know, and nine times out of ten it's wrong, and you get another spanking for that, you know, because you haven't been concentrating, right? You're not here now. And one of the attributes of God is, is that as God deals with us, we never catch God distracted. He's always with us in the moment. He never has to play catch up. He's never got something else on his mind. When he deals with you and I, he deals with us in the moment. And the wisdom that he imparts to us is in the moment. couple of verses that are not on the outline over here, but I'd like to just read to you what Jesus actually says about wisdom. And if you want to write down in your notes, Luke chapter 6, verses 47 through 49. And I just want to read them to you this morning, 47 and 48. The people who come to me, who listen to my teachings and obey them, I will show you what they look like. So here's an example That Jesus, as Jesus is talking to people around him, he's saying, I want to give you an example of what wisdom or a wise man actually looks like. And here it is. They are like a man building a house. He digs deep and builds his house on rock. The floods come and the water crashes against the house. But the flood cannot move the house because it is built well. That's what a wise person actually looks like. When they're building a house, they dig deep enough through the loose sand, right? They don't stop there. They get to the solid ground, the solid foundation. And that's what they build the house on because they know that when the bad storms and the winds come, this house needs to withstand that. So that's what a wise man does. Digs down into, through the detail, down onto the rock, gets onto that hard surface, and that's what he builds the house on we've talked a little bit about displaying a healthy fear of the lord let's look at exodus chapter 20 verses 18 to 21 you know god appears to us in 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 different ways and he'll appear to us or deal with us in the moment that we're actually in and we find this this event in exodus chapter 20 verses 18 to 21 where Moses comes down from the mount with the, uh, the Ten Commandments. And it says here in, chapter, in verse 18, it says, When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance, trembling with fear, and they said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen. But don't let God speak directly to us, or we will die. And Moses says to them, Hey, don't be afraid. Moses answered them. For God has come in this way to test you and so that your fear of him will keep you from sinning. As the people stood in the distance, Moses approached the dark cloud where God was. So this is like an amazing experience. Can you imagine? I mean, the the Bible talks in Exodus about uh, 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 they heard thunder and the loud blast of a ram's horn. And when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance. So this was quite a dramatic event. And God uses this dramatic event to speak into the lives of the Israelite nation and to make a point. And it was this. The people were trembling with fear. And God's plan was out of that, was to keep them from sinning. To understand who they were dealing with when they were dealing with God. So when we start unpacking this whole aspect of displaying a healthy fear of the Lord, what are we actually talking about here? What are we actually talking about here? Well, it's this. It's important for us if we 're going to follow god's wisdom and allow God to work in our character and our life, that we would have a wise and un- clear, under- a clear biblical understanding of who God really is, how great and powerful he is, and importantly how very much He loves you and I, to the point in which God sent His own his very only Son Jesus. To die on the cross and rise triumphantly again for you and I. So, we need that real clear understanding. So, when we talk about the fear of the Lord, we're not talking about a situation of where we have this view of God. And unfortunately, so many people have this and they battle with this understanding because they see God as this big person in the clouds with a big, massive stick that just comes down beating people over and over again people have difficulty understanding how this majestic, holy, magnificent God, if he does exist in the first place, secondly is is why would he create us with a free will of choice? But that's in God's sovereignty. That's exactly what he's done. He's given us, you and I, a free choice. And it's how we use that free choice and how wisely we use that free choice is important. We're reading Job chapter 1 and verse 1, and we read about this guy Job. Now, if you understand a bit of the background of Job, is as the Bible tells us in, in Job chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, There once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. Now, this guy Job had lost everything. God allowed Satan to sift him and deal with him. He lost his whole wealth. He lost every bit of cattle and sheep that he had. He lost all his possessions and he even lost his own family through this experience. But yet, through this whole experience, and not quite understanding what the outcome of it is, Job is recorded in the Bible as a man of integrity and he stayed away from sin. You see, Job had a very healthy view of actually who God was and how much he meant to God in this unfavorable situation that he found himself in. And to that point, he made a positive decision that he was going to remain a man of integrity that feared God and stayed away from sin. And how easy would it have been for Job to say, well, this is crazy, you know, I didn't sign up for this kind of stuff. It's all too hard. I'm just going to feed my own inner man. But yet, he didn't. Psalm 112 verse 1 says this, Praise the Lord. How joyful of those are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. There's two words that really come out of that verse. One is joyful. Praise the Lord how joyful are those. And when we talk about this this aspect of joyful, this is not just a superficial happiness around us of where we put on a big smiling face. This word joyful talks about a deep inner peace that you and I can experience with God. And that in the midst of the storm and the decisions that you and I are facing, we can do that with a joyful heart. We can also do it with a heart of delight, delight in the complete assurance that God has a plan for you and I, a plan that will take you through this experience you are facing today, not around it or over it, but actually through it. But this requires a certain level of intensity and urgency from us. So let's read from Proverbs chapter 2 and verses 1 to 5. It says here, my child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. There is a call to you and I that we must listen and tune my ears. Right, and tune your ears. I lived in a, in a generation where up until the age of 12, I'd never seen a television set in my life. So we had to tune the radio in. And I don't know if you've had that kind of experience where one of your main aims of gathering information was either the newspaper or listening to a radio, right? And I remember as a kid tuning into the radio to listen to squad cars and jet jungle and all those kind of things, you know. But it was important that you get the station right so you could get the message really clear because it became very frustrating when you're listening to a, a broken message. And this is what the Bible says to us. It says here, my child... My child, you're important to me. Listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Listen carefully. Verse 3 says, cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Do you see the level of intensity and the level of, um, of urgency from us? Cry out. Don't just ask. Cry out. Cry out. Seek with urgency. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Seek and search really diligently like you would be looking for something very, very important. And not just having a man's look, right? But having a real good solid look and search for God's wisdom. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7, it says, Continue to ask, and God will give you. Continue to search, and you will find. Continue to knock, and the door will be open. Do you see the continuous action in that? Don't just do it once. Don't just do it twice. Continually knock. Be serious about it. Have that intensity and that urgency around that. And then the result of that is is that you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. So does wisdom require a knowledge to be acted on in our daily lives? Yes, it does. Well, you might be asking, well, what does God's wisdom give to you and I? Let's get back into the book of Proverbs again, 7 and 8. He grants us a treasure of common sense to the honest, a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Do you see the key elements of that verse? Treasure of common sense, who walk with integrity just like Job did. He was a man that walked with integrity and stayed away from sin. And he will guard the paths of the just and protect those who are faithful to him. So as we close this off, and we look at uh, the the values of, of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 1 to 10 says this. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. There's some commands and rewards in this. Never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep in your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people. And you will earn a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. So let's just unpack that in that table very quickly that you'll see on your notes there. Verses 1 and 2 talks about never forget. The command out of that is never forget and store. And the reward of that is long and satisfying. Now we know from medical technology and medical information available to us today, we know that when we in, are, are in a bad situation, our levels of stress really increase. And we know from a medical perspective today is, is that the higher the high levels of stress that's on our body, it affects, can have effects on parts of our body like our heart. It can place our heart under stress. It can initiate diabetes. In in actual fact, it's a proven fact today that prolonged and continuous stress, and sometimes we find this in our lives, can actually affect the strings of our DNA to an extent that it can actually reduce our life. Because we live under this prolonged, continuous stress. The Bible tells us is, is to never forget and store the commands in our heart. And if you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. If we can get ourselves, with God's wisdom and God's help, if we can get ourselves out of the stressful situation and make wise decisions, we can live a much more satisfying life. And we'll be under so much less stress. Verses 3 and 4 talks about the command of loyalty and kindness. And the reward of this is finding favor with God and with people. Do you know that my experience is, is that people around me are more interested in what I do than what I say. They watch you, people around your work situation, at school, at university with you. They are watching you very carefully, much more carefully than what you would ever believe. And they are looking to see how you run your life and the decisions and what you do. Is this a person of integrity and honesty? Will you find favor with people around you, people that you can connect with? Firstly, connecting with God. But secondly, on the horizontal, connecting with people around you. People are searching for other people with levels of integrity and honesty and kindness and love. You know, for many years, being a peacemaker has been seen as a, a soft way, a soft touch kind of thing. It's not the real kind of action, when at all costs, step on the next person and destroy them and get on top of the hill, and then I'm the winner. So very different to what the Bible talks about as a peacemaker, Blessed is the peacemaker. Look at Galatians chapter five and twenty-three, and you look at the the attributes, the 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 uh, uh, the gifts, you know, of self-control, patience, kindness, love. Verses, one of my favourite verses is this: verses five and six, where it says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart; lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, in all your ways." Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to stay. The version that I like is it says he will make your path straight, right? And what that actually means is, is that he will show you the path. He won't take you off the path. He won't get you around the path or go over it or take it away from you. But he will take you on that straight path. Verses 7 and 8 says, don't rely on your own wisdom. Um Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing on your body and strength for your bones. Friends, God can and will bring healing to your stressful situation. I'm very, very sure of that. In his way and in his time, as you surrender to him, as you knock continuously, as you ask, as you cry out for God. I'd like the the worship team to come up now, please. As we end, as you cry out to him earnestly and make a commitment to God that you will live a life of integrity and honesty, God will bless you in your difficult situation. God will give you wisdom that will surpass all of your understanding. I remember a situation in closing at work where we were, f- where I was, I think it was maybe a couple of years ago now. Michelle will remember the incident really well of where we found a gap in, in something that our business was, hadn't done. And I stepped up in that situation and I took responsibility for that situation. And as the situation started unfolding around me, I realized that I needed to um, approach the situation with a high level of integrity and honesty. And you want to talk about noise and why it's so important to tune in to God's wisdom really clearly, get rid of the noise around you because when you're in stressful situations and you need wisdom, there will be a lot of noise around you. You will have people that will say to you, don't bring this up. Don't even mention this in the next meeting. Just sweep this under the carpet. Just let it go. No one will know. No one will know. But you know in your heart that if you don't step up and take some form of responsibility with accountability and act in a, in, 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 in a, in a manner of integrity and honesty, that you'll actually be um, causing a lot of pain and suffering for people around you. And, so, and, and, and often in our lives, God expects us to stand up with integrity and honesty. And you know what, folks? Here it is. I can remember clearly on my knees next to the bed, crying like that verse actually said cry out i was crying out to god and i said lord this is a stressful situation there is a gap we need to fill this gap and we need to get this 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 done correctly otherwise a lot of people inside our business are going to be uh, facing a bad decision And it could have gone a number of ways, but I remember very clearly on my knees sobbing a prayer to God that said, Lord, I need your wisdom, I need your help, I need your guidance. And God had to deal with something in my life at that moment in time, but he dealt with something completely separately, but I could very quickly join the dots together. Because in my mind, there was a clear, audible voice in my mind as I was crying and sobbing that prayer. And I had the support of, of Michelle and my family, they were praying for me. But as I was praying this prayer to to seek God's wisdom, a clear, audible voice came in my mind and it said, Martin, how much do you think I love you? I was like, Lord, what do you mean? You know, I'm praying about this thing. Of course I love you. Uh, You know, I know you love me. And again, this audible voice came up in my mind, even harder, that said, Martin, how much do you believe? that I love you. And I said, I know that you love me, Lord. And he said, the third time, Martin, how much do you think I love you? And I said, Lord, I know that you love me. And when there was absolutely no doubt in my mind that I knew, because I had to get this thing straight in my mind, understand the full love and care that God had for me, so much so that he sent his son Jesus to the cross for me, and for you. That's the God that we serve. That's the God who wants to reach into our lives and give us the wisdom that we need for every single situation in our life, whether you are buying a house, a car, getting married, deciding which country to go and live in, decide who to go marry, decide uh, how you're going to spend your money. This is the God that can meet with you in a way that can give you the wisdom and guidance that you need for that situation. And when I squared that off with God and understood exactly how much He loved me, God took that situation, and it was a difficult situation. I had to walk that path. God made that path straight for me. He didn't take me off the path. He didn't take me around the path. He didn't take the path away from me. He took me straight through that path. When I look back on that situation, I can see every step of the way when I squared that off with God and surrendered to him and said, Lord, it's your way. I know that you love me, and I trust you. As I walk with integrity through this situation, I know that you will be there with me every step of the way. There's no doubt in my mind. And when I squared that off with God, he meant business with me and took me through that situation to a favorable result. And it could have turned out so much more unfavorable For the business, for me, for people around me, there was a lot at stake in this. But I can tell you from experience, when you make a decision like Job did, that I'm going to stand up with integrity and honesty. And despite what's going on around me, I'm going to have my eyes fixed firmly on God. I'm not going to stray from the path. I'm going to walk the path that he chooses for me. I can tell you 100% that God will bless you. And he will work on your character in the most amazing way that you could ever imagine. Amen. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word this morning, Lord. We thank you that we can trust you and that we can rely on your word 100%, Lord. We thank you for your love and your patience with us, Lord, so that as you deal with us each and every way, time, that we can understand and unpack this whole aspect of wisdom that we can rely on your wisdom and that we can stand firm on your foundation, Lord, but you expect from us an intensity and, and an urgency around this. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that that would be the desire of our heart and our mind today, that we would have that intensity and that urgency. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would bless us this week, that we would keep short accounts with you every day, Get to your word, And pray with you, cry out to you, Lord. And we look forward to how you're going to bless us and work in our lives. In your name, amen.